Welcome to Countdown to Kickoff here on WAER. Across the 10 to the 5, still on his feet, and into the end zone. Touchdown, Syracuse. Battle, straightaway free, sinks it. Tyus Battle is 5 for 5. The freshman is on fire. Pass in front to Evans. Oh, what a shot and a goal. Behind the back by Jordan Evans. Welcome back to the double overtime here on WAER. The greatest stories from America's greatest college sports station. It's time for the best of WAER Sports Podcast. It's become somewhat of a tradition here in central New York. SU men's basketball team struggles early. Then SU men's basketball team gets a big win. SU men's basketball team then heads into Selection Sunday, unsure if they're playing in the NCAA tournament or the NIT. WAER's James Colgan takes a look at the season so far and tells us why the bubble watch might stop this season. Graduated Syracuse, love Syracuse, Jim Beheim forever. I don't see how we get in. You think Syracuse is in? I, they're in for now. They're subject to the vagaries of what could happen around them. Uh, I've got them as my third to last team in at the moment. The bubble. It almost feels like a curse word. And SU basketball has seen its reflection from both sides of the bubble in the past couple years. It's no good. The Orange Miracle is complete. Syracuse erases a 16-point deficit and is headed to the Final Four. Welcome inside the Carrier Dome for the second round of the NIT. 55-53 the final. The Orange is going to the Sweet 16. It's been seven long months since Syracuse was last in the Carrier Dome for regular season action. And it's Syracuse's first game of 2018-2019. The number 16 team in the country cruises. Game number two and win number two for Syracuse, 84 to 70. So a couple quick wins and they were ready for the bright lights of the concrete jungle and the world's most famous arena. You know, just being there, it's like, you know, you get a different feel, a different vibe. Um, because you know what's gone down in that gym. Um, you know, one of the great Syracuse players, you know, Melo played there for a lot of years. And, you know, that we're, we're able to go back there and, you know, play on that court. Really, you know, you feel it inside. And UConn defeats Syracuse in Madison Square Garden in the heart of the city for Syracuse. They drop both games in NYC. Tonight, they fall to the number 13 Oregon Ducks. We need to make some shots to have get back where we need to be. And I think our, I think our shots were all good tonight. And you're gonna have to make some shots. And uh, we, we were not able to do that tonight. Two wins over top flight programs gave the Cuse a quick tease of redemption. OH, I know. Syracuse comes into Columbus and picks up a 10 point win against the 16th ranked Buckeye. Five seconds for Battle as he crosses half court. Battle gets a screen, pull up. He's good. Tyus Battle from 20 feet. And with 2.5 on the clock, Syracuse leads by one. Inbounds it for Player. Player with two seconds, puts one up from half court. It almost goes down off the back iron, but Syracuse survives. 
72-71 off the heroics from Tyus Battle. But a major skid followed suit, dropping back-to-back non-conference home games to Old Dominion and Buffalo. Syracuse got a scare from Notre Dame. Irish led for the majority of the first half, but the Orange come away with a 10-point win in the ACC opener. Syracuse moves to 2-0 in ACC play and 1-0 in ACC play inside the Carrier Dome as the Yellow Jackets ramble into the Carrier Dome and wreck SU's winning streak. It halts it for Syracuse with a massive upset on the road. A three-and-one start in conference play, and you never have any idea what's going to happen in the ACC. And that may just be the chaos that Syracuse needs to get off the bubble. Throughout its time in the Big East Conference, Syracuse had a number of big-time rivalries, Georgetown, UConn, Villanova, and one rivalry that has withstood the test of time as Syracuse has shifted to the ACC is Pittsburgh. But recently, the Pittsburgh program saw a steep decline. WAER's J.D. Rachi takes a look at the new head coach who's bringing the Pitt Panthers back to respectability. Toward the end, based on people who who were around that program, whether it was players, coaches, the word toxic comes up a whole lot. Just where there's such a sense of a negativity around it where nobody went to games anymore and there's just a sort of helpless feeling. Toxic. That was the word that the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's Craig Meyer used to describe the state of the Pitt basketball team just 10 months ago. After going 8-24 and winless in the ACC, it was quickly becoming apparent that a change needed to be made. After not even two years on the job, Kevin Stallings is officially out as Pitt's basketball coach. His tenure at Pitt was a disaster right from the start. He never really seemed to fit in. So the controversial Stallings era was over. But now a program that had once been to 10 consecutive NCAA tournaments was in desperate need of new leadership. Luckily for them, one of the country's most famous assistants was available. It appears that Pitt basketball has its man. This is breaking news. Pitt has found its new men's basketball coach. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it is my distinct privilege to welcome and introduce to you our new head men's basketball coach, Jeff Capel. Before being hired on at Pitt, Capel had spent the last seven seasons at Duke as one of Mike Krzyzewski's top assistants. So the Panthers knew they were getting a winner. He's going to run out of time, and the Blue Devils are the national champions of 2015. And they were also getting someone with head coaching experience. Capel had been the man in charge for four seasons at VCU and another five at Oklahoma, where he won over 60% of his games. But it was his time back with his alma mater in Durham that was part of what made him such an appealing candidate. I think with uh, Capel now, you have a guy who understands that conference so intimately and what it takes to succeed in it. And I think that that program at that time, about five years into the ACC, I think that's what they really needed. And Capel's time in Durham didn't just produce wins for the Blue Devils. It also brought lessons for Capel himself. I think I've learned how to run a program better, the ins and outs, just everything with the program. I, I know I've become a better coach. I think I've learned not to take myself as serious as I once did, and that this should be really fun, too. 
So Capel knew how to win, and he'd also had the opportunity to learn from one of the best to ever do it in Coach K. Already seems like the perfect fit for Pitt, right? Well, it got better for the Panthers. He also had the ability to fix one of their biggest problems. That program, given where it was last year, it was indeed, uh, more than anything else, a really big influx of talent. Ranger for three. In and out. Oh, of jam by Blake Griffin. The flying lion. You can accelerate your rebuild by bringing really good players, really good uh, young players around which around whom you can build your team and then build a sense of, of excitement around the uh, around the program with the fan base. Yeah. Oh, look at Ingram, take it up high, and hammer it down hard. It is time at Duke, even before that, I mean, he's always been known as a really, really good recruiter among, uh, probably among the best in college basketball. Jones a little over the shoulder for Williamson, come on, come on. <laughs> Names like Blake Griffin, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Trey Jones are just a handful of the 23 McDonald's All-Americans that Capel has helped recruit to Oklahoma and Duke over the last decade. And for the head man, the recruiting strategy is a simple one. It's all about the relationships. You know, and the other thing I've learned in, in, in having an opportunity to be around really talented players is that they want to be coached. They want to be coached hard. They want to be taught. They want to learn. They want to know that they're important. And while recruiting is going to be a big focus for Capel, he's got more goals in mind for the program, too. The very first thing that we will do every day is that we'll show up. We'll show up in the community, we'll show up in the classroom, and we'll show up on the court. There will be no excuses for lack of work, for not being the best that we can be. That will not happen. We will do that every day. Simply put, Capel expects nothing less than excellence. And that kind of attitude... It has pit fans buzzing. It's so drastically different. There's a palpable sense of excitement and enthusiasm there. And that's something that for really the past, the better part of the past four years there has been. And in response to that buzz, Capel has one message for the pit faithful. I stand here today honored, excited, and ready to go. And ready to get started and to build this back into a championship program. And I have absolutely no doubt that that's something that we will do. And with the way he's turned the program around in the last 10 months, he's off to a hot start. J.D. Rachi, WAER Sports. Thanks for listening to the best of WAER Sports Podcast. Find a full broadcast schedule at our website, waer.org. Follow us on Twitter and subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts and Stitcher by searching for WAER Sports.